and welcome back to the Awful Irish podcast. Well, how are we getting on, guys? Not Pretty too bad. Uh, so today we have ourselves a guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hey, what's up? Uh, my name is Connor. I'm a photographer from Galway. And uh, these wonderful gentlemen decided that they wanted to bring me on the podcast. And I'm super stoked to be here. I can't wait to talk to you guys. Uh, it's so great to meet you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is ours, man. Yeah, I... Uh... I found you, I was just scrolling on Instagram and I said, okay, let's take a look. I had a couple of hashtags and I was like, okay, Irish YouTubers. Okay, that's kind of just makeup and stuff. But meh. Uh, Irish creators and then I ended up finding you. And uh, yeah, you, like, I was looking at like the content you do and it's just creme de la creme. Thomas, can you pull that stuff up there? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just quality <laughs> stuff. I, I was super impressed by it. And I seen your YouTube, and I went. I took a look at us, and well, here we are now, having a chat. So, yeah, <laughs> I kind of pause there. And loading, loading, loading. I mean, like, look, look, look at those pictures cool, there. Man. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it yeah. is so weird seeing your own work up on somebody else's screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's really cool. So um, uh, yeah. you, you you kind of do photography as your main thing anyway. Uh, yeah, for the past few years, I've been mainly focused on photography and trying to work through, uh, you know, a few different styles. But, like, I'm trying to keep my grid more consistent. But when you take a certain photo and you're trying to apply, like, presets that you've made already and it kind of looks weird. Uh, I always yeah. find it difficult to try and keep that consistency throughout the entire grid uh, of the whole gallery on my Instagram. That's why it can be quite changeable sometimes. Yeah. Uh, in the past six months, I've been pushing to start producing more content through YouTube. And like, you know, it's, it's a job in itself, but I love doing it. So, you know, and hopefully that's, I can that's get That's what got me interested in. Pardon? Because you got this like, that's what got me interested, because you got this huge skill set already, and then you want to apply it to something else. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have cool. the background in the photography. Um, it definitely helps a lot when I want, now that I want to get into more video, like the whole color grading, color correcting, and all that. Um, but I'm so glad that you guys like it, because there, there is always this kind of uncertainty when you're posting something, if it does well, that's fantastic. If it's not so well, then you're kind of like, okay, why didn't this work? I want to know why people maybe didn't like it. Um, it's always something that's playing in the back of my head. And that's something that I just try to work around. And, you know, seeing, seeing the stuff that I put up, I don't want to always put photos of myself up. Like with the, with the first, the top three of them there, like there's, there's two of me. And there's one with the van, and the other two seem to have been performing a little bit better uh, all, all around. But, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just kind of the balance between the two. As much as you'd like to have always, always have uh, good performing photos, it's, uh, it's, I suppose it's very much dependent on your audience <clears throat> and what they want. What they like. you can't always be... Uh, trying to please your audience you also need to balance as well what you want to put up versus you know what people may yeah. preferably want to see yeah, yeah. I guess. 
Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to do stuff like that sometimes. Like, what they want to see versus what you want to do can clash yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like... It works most of the time. Yeah, it's, it's all up to your style, really, I find. Um, you know, you, you want to... I love doing it, obviously. Like, this is something that I am completely in for. It's something that I want to do for a very long time, I hope. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, to be able to know which ones are going to perform better than other ones, you also still need to keep it in your mind that you want to do, you want, or you want to post, rather, the stuff that you want to post, not just the stuff that you expect to do well. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, yeah. I do actually. Yeah, Tom keeps going on. I think because you're doing a bit of injustice there. He's got some incredible stuff. I feel like in more recent months as well, like I've started to get more engagement on the uh, the post that I'm putting up. But I think that has to do with yeah. the the videos as well. You know, getting that interaction between myself and the audience, which is. I think it's really cool, and I love talking to people about the work that they're interested in uh, versus what I'm doing, and you know, different different takes on the same topic or so. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what was I going to say? Um, well, one thing I noticed as well, uh, very very fast, is you look like an Irish Peter McKinnon. Do you know who that guy is? <laughs> Yeah, you look so much like that guy. <laughs> I think it's the patchy beard more so than anything. Just this, this yeah. right here. But uh, definitely, Peter McKinnon. In that Peter McKinnon is a huge influence on me. I find like I well, you know, I've watched so many of his videos right now, and um, I feel that he really did kickstart a lot of my style, even though I'm trying to keep yeah. away from, you know, basically copying what he's doing. I feel that his influence amongst others as well, uh, like there's Icelandic Explorer, there's Daniel Schiffer, there's all these sort of uh, people who do really cool styles. And I'm trying to differentiate myself from them. But Peter McKinnon is definitely one that I have gotten a little too often, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I remember early on watching uh, Casey Neistat, and he was like a blogger. He was great, and then he did a video with this guy. And I was like, "Whoa, he's uh, he's pretty cool. His stuff looks like it's higher quality." And I started watching him as well. And then yeah. he did all these like little cam hack videos and like handy videos if you want to get into that stuff. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic teacher, and um, mm. that's one of the big things that I took away from his videos is he can present it in such a way that if a novice, like nobody who's never ever touched a camera before, go to his channel, they'll be able to learn so quickly. And there's such valuable skills that he's teaching on his uh, channel as well, which is something that I'm hoping that I would be able to provide in my own videos. Uh, but it's kind of tricky as well, you know, and I'm, I'm just starting out now. So uh, it's kind of that, that developmental uh, pathway that I really need to go down and focus on and really see if I can get my own videos to the standard of like people like Casey Neistat and Peter McKinnon. Yeah. 
I think a lot of my work ethic did stem from Casey Neistat. Like, I love getting up early, getting stuff done in the morning, because I feel it helps me uh, be more productive throughout the rest of the day. Now, I'm definitely not as extreme as Casey Neistat, because it is insane. He's crazy. He's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Like, with the amount but, uh, of stuff that he managed to accomplish in a short period of time, like, it's, it's so cool. Sorry, go on. He, he, he's talked in recent times about like how how that work ethic affected like the rest of his life. Him and yeah. his wife nearly got divorced multiple times because yeah. of what he was doing. Like their, their, their time together meant that he had a camera in the hand and he's trying to get her to say something funny or whatever. Yeah. It's not, not a very healthy dynamic and uh, it showed. Yeah, living that lifestyle, um, it's tough enough, let's say if you're a single person, but, you know, throwing a family into the whole equation, I'm very sure like that, that would just, that would definitely, uh, it's a lot more difficult anyway, because as he says quite often, is he wants to spend more time with the family, but he also has his obligations that he feels he needs to do on a daily basis. Like he could be flying one part of the country to the other side in the matter of 12 hours, which is just crazy. Yeah. And trying to keep that up as well as trying to like have, uh, spend more time with the family and, you know, rear his children and all that. You know, that that's a crazy balancing act that I'm, I'm he's on the plane, like well. doing the work up there. Pardon? I, like even when he was on the plane, like he was still doing work up there. He took that as his time to, to work. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. How do you have time for anything? Hmm. Sorry, yeah. I, I missed that. <laughs> I said, how would you have time for anything? Yeah, exactly. Like he would sleep, what, four or five hours a night, get up, do a run, uh, head straight into the office or do something else that a lot of us would be like, oh yeah, I'll do it later. He just gets it done. And uh, any time that he feels that he has free time, he'd always fill it with doing something, which is something that I really admire myself. Hmm. Yeah. It's impressive stuff, but most of us can't do that. No. No, it's tough. <laughs> most of us get to have to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people, well, particularly with you guys, there's quite a few people involved in that whole operation. So, you know, trying to get everybody together at the same time, I can, I can imagine it's quite tough. Because I know when I go out with a few guys and we want to shoot some video or some photos or stuff, uh, trying to balance between those guys, between all of us doing what we need to do, it's also, you know, it's tricky. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but this yeah, is it's, like it's, it's kind of handy. There's so many of us. Yeah. Like, it's like if one person's away, uh, the other two can pretty much handle it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like there, there are interruptions and then there are times that like we can't do the podcast. Like just knowing that they like the other lads are there doing it, uh, it's you know it's a lot more comforting. Than yeah, the, like oh, right, like for, that's for not example, like that podcast isn't up, now, but it would be. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, Dara was gone recently, so me and Thomas did it. Uh, yeah. And then I was gone this weekend, so two, two lads did it, and I won't be around later, so I'm here for this one, but I'm not here for the next one. Yeah. So it still gets done as long as it's one person and a guest. We're set. Yeah, I suppose that's that's the other side of it as well. 
you know, like you guys can always keep up with it as well when you have the, the work delegated out or, you know, somebody else can take somebody else's job, whatever it may be. Yeah. Now that, that's what I love about working together on like a singular project where that can happen. Like if it needs to, still keep up with what you need to do. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what I mentioned was it, earlier what that, I... the... sorry, go on, Jude. Oh, no, you go on. I've, I've been talking lots. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you were talking earlier with Casey and his wife. What do you think of family channels? People give them a lot of shit, you know? Um, I mean, like, personally, I feel that family channels, it's wonderful that they can do something like that. But, you know, that opens a whole load of doors that I don't know if you'd want to expose your family to such a thing. Like, the internet would be a pretty crazy space. And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't watch many family channels myself. Uh, there's maybe a few videos here and there come up and I might watch them. But I don't know if I would be comfortable exposing my own kids, much like Casey, actually. Uh, he doesn't want his kids' face being in his videos because he wants to protect them in a way. You know, the, the yeah. thought behind it yeah. is, is nice. Like, it's, it's pretty, you know, you could record all these memories that you've done with your family but I'm not entirely sure the internet, um, you know, for me, it's a little bit, it's a little bit awkward in a way. There's two sides of the argument. Do you want to expose your family to whatever possibilities on the internet of people seeing your videos and then, I don't know, not just commenting bad things, but also, you know, maybe th there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff around it, I feel. Yeah, well, there's kids just involved in that, and like the kids are not really aware of what's going on. It's just kind of really weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like that, that amount of exposure growing up, I can't imagine it would be too healthy for a kid when, when they start, you know, getting older. They don't want that sort of lifestyle. I feel it's a little more tricky for them to make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you have to think about like if, you know, there's uh, say there's a family channel and like child is like maybe four or five so like obviously their peers wouldn't be kind of looking at uh, the internet just yet but like <clears throat> say they get to like secondary school and then people start to like find these videos or like they resurface and then they get yeah. bullied over it like yeah they could like who's ruin your, their entire who's your one who was a uh, a child youtuber and she just happened to turn like 18, I think. Jojo Siwa. Jojo Siwa? Yeah, Jojo yeah. Siwa. Like, there's a lot of controversy there because they were a YouTuber from, like, I've never watched them, like, but, like, they were super, super young getting into YouTube. Mm. You, you'd wonder... Dance Moms. Hmm? She was on TV first. Yeah, she was on, she TV on first. Dance Moms, yeah. And then she started a YouTube channel off of that. I think she was 14 when she started it. Yeah. And, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Mm. Like, there's a lot of pressure as well, particularly if you're a kid star. Like when you, if you're on TV already, you know you have a general idea how it goes. But let's say the job of a YouTuber, it's not, uh, you know, being a face in front of a camera type thing. You're also the editor. You're also the publicist. You're, you're doing so many roles as well, which puts a lot of pressure on them as well. Which I can imagine, you know, being young and trying to figure out that it could be maybe frustrating in a way. Yeah, you know, realistically, it's great skills to to pick up on, like, but putting YouTube on the old CV probably doesn't go very well. 
Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Work experience, YouTuber, fire. <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, the translatable skills that you could get from YouTube, like editing and all that, I, I suppose, yeah. you know, if, if you apply them, uh, let's say you want to do some more professional Photoshop or so. Now, a thumbnail is a very small part of a video, but it has such a huge impact at the same time. You know, if you had, if you were very skilled in Photoshop and you could, you know, make them clickable. <laughs> yeah. No. If, if you put that much effort into your thumbnails, then you know that that's gonna that's gonna mean that you're quite well skilled in it. Yeah. If you get what I mean. Like you could have the best video ever, but like there's just a white screen as your thumbnail. No one's gonna click on it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. You have to have kind of like a clickbait-y kind of Yeah, hate, hate saying clickbait, but realistically... Yeah, but like, it's, it's, it's pretty true. Like, that's, like, we, are, we don't really go based on thumbnails. Like, we'll say something weird during, like, a tangent, and then we'll make that the title of the video. Yeah. Like, so... I mean, you're, you're not really... That's not... I don't feel that that's really clickbait in a way. Yeah. You know, so, it actually happens in the video. A lot of YouTubers these days, they, you know, to make it more interesting, to make it more clickable, they're going to take that, extract that from the story and then put that as the title. I feel like I'm perfectly okay with that. It's just if you have some crazy, obnoxious title that says you did something and then, you know, it didn't even happen in the video. Now, that's that's something completely different, I feel. Do you know who does that a lot as well? It's, it's, the, it's online news agents like... Yeah, just say for example, I know the star, and gets shit on a lot, but because it's shit. But uh, well, <laughs> but they use these really shitty, like clickbaity news titles that are just aren't true at all. I'm trying to think of one. A lot of them were Meghan Markle related. They just didn't like her for some reason, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. No, she got I mean, a lot of you shit. See a lot of that. You know, yeah. you see the title, and then you, you you only read the headline, and then. You read the article, it's completely unrelated. Yeah, and I feel that this whole traditional media, like they, they get paid obviously for the amount of clicks that they get on these websites. Yeah. But I feel that they're sacrificing their own integrity to be able to get those clicks. And they're going to be much less believable and people are going to be less inclined to go back and read what they're writing about in future just because, you know, I think they're overusing it. If you know what I mean? Uh, it's very relevant at the moment with the COVID cases. I've seen one, and my mom, my mom wanted to read the headline, and I said, okay, let's read the whole story. And it was like a 17-year-old that died of COVID. <clears throat> and she was like, Jesus, like, like, young people are affected as well. Like, Well, they are, like, obviously. But I felt like there was more to it. So we clicked into it, and your man was, he was like 300 pounds. Uh, he had pre-existing conditions like that were respiratory-related. You know, it wasn't just like a bulky bodybuilder type 17 year old who got it it was a guy who wasn't too healthy in the first place yeah. yeah well i mean there's yeah if you have pre-existing uh like illnesses like it's it's still really tough like myself i have asthma so you know going Same outside those first few months i just didn't i i literally just stayed inside the entire time now i give myself a little more freedom i always wear a mask when i'm outside and, uh, you know, just taking those precautions 
what like if you look at America right now, they're saying that they're taking away their freedom because they have to wear a mask. How stupid is that? Um, I think like I think that people are just misinformed or like you know they, they don't really read into it. There was a doctor that I saw. He put a video up online, and he was monitoring the oxygen in his blood because a lot of people say that you know you're rebreathing your exhale, your the CO two and all that is doing damage to your body. He lifted <laughs> head masks and the, the monitor didn't even make a blip. There's there's a video there. There's a lad who's after doing. He ran 1K wearing 10 masks. Um, I saw that, yeah. But he smoked beforehand to prove that it it didn't suffocate people. Like, Jeez. Well, that's I mean, dedication. Yeah. Sometimes you need these extreme examples as well, though. I feel to really, you know, get that point across because people, you know, they don't feel that they're being informed what they need. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that whole translation of the information, if you overdo it, sometimes that's enough to convince people that you know, wearing something like a mask is something good, it's going to help you, it's beneficial. Yeah. You're basically trying to change uh, somebody's mind. What a world we live in. Um, so that was the first tangent, definitely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, what was, I, I had a question for you like 10 minutes ago. Um, I, w- I wanted to ask you about the gear you use, the lenses and the camera. Yeah, sure, go for it. Um, is there anything in particular you'd like to know, or like just basically what I use in general? Well, do you only use one camera, or do you have different cameras going around? Uh, generally, I just stick to my Canon EOS R. Um, I'm an avid Canon user. <laughs> Same here. I, I feel like that the whole... The, the color profile and the color science and all that, like it's it's wonderful. Um, even though sometimes they tend to knock back on the specs and all that, but I still feel that it performs really well. So the EOS R is my primary shooter. So that's that's what I have, and I always bring the twenty four to one hundred five with me. I just love the range with the twenty four to one hundred five because you can get those really nice portrait shots in let's say eighty five millimeters, and you can get much more wide when you want to go down to the the twenty four millimeters. And, uh, I feel like I feel you could like get nearly everything. Sorry. I feel like you could get nearly everything with that one lens. Yeah, a lot of people um, they look to investing more in a lot of prime lenses, but I feel like if you have a set range that you know you're going to be working in regularly, like having a telephoto like that is perfect. I I really mm. I have a kit lens that I got with my Canon 750D. And sometimes I put that on, but the thing is, that is a crop lens, so that's not going to allow me to use the full sensor on the EOS OR. Um, but definitely, you know, this this is something that I've been doing for a while. Um, it's just trying to find ways that I can still use this one lens and apply it to many different aspects. Like it could be portraiture, it could be uh, landscape. Whatever. It's my favorite lens anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any experience using vintage lenses? I do not. No. No. I... <laughs> no. And there's definitely That's some I haven't touched yet. No. Because I'm just asking because last week I had two lenses. Now I have four. And I, it's because I found my dad's old, old ones. And then I bought. A really, really, um, 
at the Instar uh, 52. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. It's, it's M42 mountain lens. It's like just so small. It's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, what's it? It's I have a kit lens. I have a, an old Vivitar lens. It's uh, 200mm. It's pretty damn crazy zoom. And That's then, nice. the one is a 28-90mm. Uh, one of the early autofocus lenses that mm. can made. Jesus. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Twenty eight sorry, twenty eight to ninety. Yeah. That's for me I feel like that's such a strange range to put it in. <laughs> it was for an old film camera. Mm. Like uh, as in like uh like film photography kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the diversity of that's that, uh, probably why they put it in as well. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cameras are cool stuff, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I could talk a lot about cameras, but I don't know how interesting that would be for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Myself and Thomas are doing a either media studies or film next year in college, so it's gonna be an experience. So you learn from the camera. I know how to work a camera. You want to get one too? I can take the pictures. <laughs> Are you guys doing that? Take no, we're doing that minute. Minute. Oh. Yeah. So that's Look, interesting. Right now. Do you need to go get a call, Dara? <laughs> good man, Dara. Good man. Good man, Dara. Man of the house. Good luck yourself. He's probably answering the Chinese. They know him that well. Like, why haven't yeah. you ordered today? It's you know two o'clock in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, some man for getting his, his Chinese food. <laughs> getting his spice bag every day. <laughs> you a fan of the Chinese food or you're more a chipper man yourself? Fish uh, and chip uh, job. I, I, actually, I actually don't get takeaway. <laughs> you know. Fair play. No, Fair I, um, like, I'm an avid cooker. I love cooking from home, so usually I make everything here. Now, nice. obviously, you know, when you've had a few drinks or so and you go out, whatever it may be, you know, it's pretty easy just to walk down and say, "I want everything right now." <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, we're big, we're big cookers on this show ourselves. I'm making fajitas today. Just mm -hmm. fair play. Mm -hmm. In a while, like it's been a while since I had those. I like making fajitas. They're pretty cool to make. Mm. Yeah. I actually made a video the last. Um, it would be. It's the first cooking video that I'm thinking of putting up on uh, my YouTube channel because it's kind of going to be about cooking. Uh, about what I'm making plus taking photos of it in the end. So we made a quiche and it was it was delicious. It didn't last very long, but uh, <laughs> well, I, I hate making quiches, man. I'm I'm no good at blind bacon. I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd love to see that in the style of like binging with Babish. <laughs> that would be that would be a really cool video to see. In what? He's got. Have you, you watched that guy with binging with Babish? Binging. Benjamin. Oh, he's awesome. He does such. He does really cool videos. Oh, we can't. We can't even show a clip. Yeah, he sucks. does. Uh, he does these videos where he cooks all these kind of foods that are in TV shows and films. Movies, so, like, TV. He's a really cool yeah. dude. He's, he makes he's a really lot of nice stuff. He's very, very unique video style uh, when it comes to cooking. Uh, that's probably why he's so big. Apologies mm. for the interruption, lads. The Chinese, yeah. Play. 
Man, fuck off. Why are you just... It's just because I'm fat. Like, come on, fuck off. No. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's uh, all the episode. Like, because it's... I'd love to, you know, get some inspiration from people who actually know what they're doing in this area. Like, yeah. as much as I yeah. love to cook and take photos of food, um, being able to portray that in a video that make it in a way that's interesting, that's something that I definitely still need to work on. Mm. Yeah. People who do um, really well, do you watch Tasty on, on YouTube? Oh, would you stop? They make pff, nice food. They make all the nice brownies and the cookies and, you know, yeah. they're they're fairly good cookers. I'll give them to them, you know. they're. <laughs> Everything is just so well put together on that channel. Like, yeah. every video that they make is just so well represented. Uh, represented. It's pretty crazy. Mm. I mean, like, obviously professionals at this they know exactly what they're doing but yeah like when you're trying to start off i try to uh, use that as a bit of a, a motivator as well to try and get the same standard because you know if, if yeah. you could get something even half as good as that i feel that you'd be doing really well De definitely a fan of just do it because uh you know obviously this is no joe rogan setup or it's not the two johnnies it's just, <laughs> just the three of us on skype yeah and then, then get a guest like it's but it's going great. Yeah, well I mean, like it's that that that's perfect. You know, if you're doing like a podcast where the viewers can see it on YouTube, I don't think that you need something necessarily over the top. Yeah. You know, it's a lot about like the, the content that you're producing, I feel like you can have quality I I, I believe that it's more so on the people that are in the video and uh you know what they're doing people are going to be interested in who's there and they want to listen to what you guys want to say and you know whatever guests that you may have on yeah that's a bit that's a big part of it it's kind of like that in the intimacy of like joining in on the conversation yeah. yeah i think that's what sells podcasts to people they want to feel like they're part of the conversation yeah it brings you in and they are like the comment yeah, section is great for that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it's good fun i'm good from someone to talk to yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're you're always meeting new people, and you're always getting new perspectives and everything. Like, there's a lot of people that may tune into your video for one thing, and then you and know that's exactly it. Yeah, it's it goes on such a tangent <laughs> that they figure yeah. out something else. Ah, uh, but we love the tangents. They're great, great fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Some of our like, best conversations have been tangents, like. Honestly. Yeah, we talked talked about how Americans don't like buttered our sandwiches. They yeah, we, yeah were we, them, we were one. talking. We told them that one before the, <laughs> the podcast. Yeah, that one's just weird. Yeah, that one is just it's weird. Just, um... After saying that, there right now my girlfriend's looking at me like, like I have ten heads. Mayo doesn't go everything. Yeah, mayo does not go with everything. It sucks. <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes it's good. Yeah, sometimes. Some, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I live with a guy and he has an obsession with mayo, so I know what I We interviewed these uh, competitive eaters and they're oh, friends they're friends with the with the woman who has like the world record of eating mayo in under like jars of of mayo in under a couple of minutes. I think it was thirteen jars in maybe five ten. minutes. I think so. I something like that. You can do that. <laughs> the picture of it is pure rotten though, like oh my god. Like a little bit of mayo is all right, but you know you're eating well, that much. It's a giant. It's like a giant dinner spoon full of mayo. 
Like, I would not you grew that. up wanting to be an astronaut, and then you find yourself eating 13 jars of mayonnaise. Like, <laughs> any, any question? Where did it go wrong? Or where did it go right? Yeah, I mean, which one pays the most? <laughs> yeah. I, I would presume being an astronaut pays more than eating fucking mayonnaise for a living. Have you ever talked to someone who eats mayonnaise for a living, Thomas? So you're not an you expert. I, I don't. Shut up, Thomas. There's gotta, any gotta hear both sides of the story. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> um, see, see. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's. You were talking about your equipment. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, you talked about your equipment. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. You had a post there before oh. saying you wanted to try uh, vlogging out a little bit. Um, do you have any more plans on that, or what's the crack there? Yeah, definitely. Well, given that the whole COVID thing is going on, like it is a little tricky to be able to yeah. uh, do that in the city. You know. That's more so on the convenience side, but there are a lot of more things that I would love to go out and do. Let's say if I want to go to the mountains or if I'm doing something interesting by the coast, it's definitely something that I would love to get into more and be able to, yeah. you know, bring people along into that and make a story out of it. But I find even yesterday when we were up in the mountains, I had the intention of vlogging, but unless you go there for the sole purpose of shooting, I find it really difficult. You know, we were with a group of guys and they were all, you know, they, I think they'd be a little bit weird around the camera. They, you know, they would be comfortable with it. So there's also the time and place. If you go there to, uh, with the whole intention of making a video, then that's great. I'll definitely get it done 100%. But then when you have the variables in there where, you know, you're not too sure. I wouldn't want to make people feel uncomfortable if I was there with the camera. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, we've never done a vlog. We've tried to do skits before. One problem was we went in with the intention of thinking it was going to be like a cinematic masterpiece. And mm. uh, second, I got home and I got all the footage together. And I said, "Lads, I can't do. I can't do anything with this. I can't even make a bloopers out of this." <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, so that's the tricky thing we're as well. rescheduling on that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, which is upsetting like, because you know I went neck deep in a bog for that. Yeah, he went into the bog water and emerged like a beast. <laughs> it's kind of like a Hardy Books inspired uh, video, but uh, yeah, uh, no, nah, but it's okay because we got yeah. a Chinese after. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get a Chinese after, so that was okay. Um, yeah. yeah, you ever watched the Hardy Books? We had those guys on. I really, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I can remember. Um, Back, Jesus, God knows how long ago, I was at one of the teenage discos, and they were up on the stage, running, oh. running their mouth. <laughs> it was fun. Like I haven't, I haven't heard those guys in so long. Like I, I don't know what they're doing. They still do stand up. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're going to a show after uh, COVID. See how nice. they're getting on. Yeah. I mean, I didn't spend a lot of time watching all their videos. Like, I, I wouldn't have been, you know, everything that they did. But yeah. uh, they were definitely, they, they did have an influence on a lot of us when we were younger. I mean, like, the whole teenagers, they, they became such a massive thing. Like, do you remember Jedward as well? Oh, God. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah Jedward put out a tweet yesterday. Jedward was, like, Jedward was for girls what the Hardy books were for lads. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Maybe it's not even translates. Did you see Jedward's tweet yesterday? They were like <laughs> belittling people who were like, 
like breaking COVID rules. Brilliant. Where is it? <laughs> you know, everyone's saying, oh, they're you're just giving out like... in Ibiza, you're a hero saving lives and not trying to be so called influencers. And then people were like saying, you know, oh, these influencers coming back and getting, you know, <laughs> bet up by Jedward. <laughs> I'd like to see those two lads in an MMA fight. Yeah, Give me a year to prepare. Because they're, they're twins. They're twins. Like, they're the exact same. They're on an even pedestal. And if you give me your to, pre- to pre- see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, there was uh, one time that I, I saw... Can I take that part out of the video? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I don't want to ever actually fight. That was a joke. Mm. <sighs> Did they actually go I back mean, and do the Did they what? Did they go back and do their leaving search? I have no idea if they did that. We didn't do a Lincoln search. That was great. Best days of my life. <laughs> oh, same, man, yeah. We just got away with it because of COVID. Wish, wish I could fucking do it again, honest to God. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, after, after that, I was originally planning that I wanted to uh, go and uh, become a doctor. But... Um, then eventually I just decided that I was going to stick to science because that was something that, you know, I was very passionate about. And I feel that being a doctor is like so tough, um, both physically and mentally these days. It's something that, you know, try, trying to upkeep with even the demand now these days with COVID and everything, like it's, it's just insane. Yeah. Well, what science did you go into? Uh, chemistry. So, uh, oh god man <laughs> oh you poor man oh god how did you fucking cope I could barely stay awake during leaving sir chemistry <laughs> it must have been like yeah. a fucking sloth <laughs> that's rough, that is rough. Dara, Dara here wants to go into marine biology so he wants yeah, to be yeah, a yeah, scientist uh, in, in GMIT yeah. yeah that'd be really cool I mean particularly yeah. with being on the coast with Galway like they have the um, they have the marine uh, institute out in Ormore. Yeah. Which is, if there's anywhere local that you'd like to uh, study, like that's definitely a really good opportunity to go there. Yeah. This is, we need more people in the sciences at the moment because one thing we're not realizing is the effect we're having on the world. Um, yeah. uh, the world was doing much better when we were all locked down. So that says enough there. Um, like we've talked about conservation on this before. Uh, it's a big deal. Like we're causing an extinction event. Like all the megafauna that's been around with us has died. You know, there's there's different niches in environments that have been just wiped out because of us. Yeah. And you, you even you hear the numbers like maybe like 200 species gone extinct this month, just from us. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Dicks. I mean, dicks. Like we 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 take turf out of the bog. Turf is like, it's like mud full of carbon, so we burn it. The the ecology there is just destroyed after what we did. And everybody's so fixated on going to Mars and like getting to Mars and like all of this interstellar travel, whereas like we do the Earth itself is. Huh? I said, could we do both? Well, so that this planet go to another? Yeah. This, this whole extravagant idea of everybody moving to Mars or so 
Like it's so it is so interesting and so captivating. I, I can understand why people are so into it and interested in it. But at the same time, you know, you need to do a lot more work at home before you can really focus on this whole like multi planet inhabitant in inhabitants, inhabitation. Basically living up world world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did a project back in second year about terraforming Mars and uh a lot of it was like what Elon Musk said about it at the time, like just nuke it. <laughs> um, that, that actually, that's genuine. That's like a good idea. You get all the nukes in the world, send that, send them there. Like, you save this planet and you get onto another. Like, that that'd be one of the fastest ways of colonizing our planet, nuking the poles. Obviously, we could never live on the poles after that. Mm. Yeah, and then for a different years. You could you could mine like sulfur and uh, different chemicals on it and make an atmosphere of some kind. Like one I talked about was sulfur hexafluoride uh, based atmosphere. So your voice would be super deep, but it's like yeah. an extreme greenhouse gas. Yeah. So yeah, we wouldn't have to get all that much carbon dioxide. Plus, we get the bad stuff out of the soil. Mm. So yeah. Jeremy's a Mars nerd. I'm a Mars nerd. I'm a nerd for a lot of things, especially <laughs> biology. We had a guy on, Jack Horner. Uh, he wants to bring back dinosaurs. He's about a year away from doing it. Um, only thing he can't do is give him give, give him tails. That's a shame. Yeah, he can you use genes that. that exist in uh, chickens to turn them back to like what their ancestor would look like. Yeah. If you've ever seen Jurassic Park, they actually based Alan Grant off him. Yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, I, nice I, I don't know, was it... Did Michael Crichton know about Jack Horner when he was writing the book? Or did he just do it for the movie? No, no, he, he based Alan Grant off him while writing the book. That's crazy. And we got to talk to this guy, he's great. He was awesome. We talked to some crazy, crazy cats. We talked uh, to you. Yeah, we talked to this guy, look at him. Yeah, exactly. Crazy cat. Photographer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sound loud. Hold on here now. <laughs> so, um, oh, I was going to ask you. Go on, Dara. Ask your question. Go on, Dara. Ask away. What would you say to someone who wants to, like, uh, start photography or become a photographer? Uh, well, I feel like if you want to do it as a hobby, you know, of course, maybe you're not going to want to invest in a whole lot of equipment and such. Like, a lot of it, I feel, is a lot of a passion. Like, you, you really need to want to do it. Like, yeah. If you want to make uh, a business out of it, if you want to do it for like YouTube, whatever, you really need to want to. Because I feel that there's nobody, nobody's really going to hold your hand when you're pursuing this this entire area. Uh, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of things that you, you can figure out but like I, I watched I've watched countless videos I have gone out and shot so many times there's there's a lot of work behind it but I would definitely uh, never I would never discourage anybody from going out and pursuing it because it is it's so much fun and um, I like if everybody I lost my train of thought sorry <laughs> <laughs> You said it's so fun. 
Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. And like, particularly when you meet people like-minded to yourself and you're both interested in like, let's say photography, video, and you want to do something together, you know, I suppose it's in any area that you want to pursue. If you want to do it, go for it 100%. Yeah. But just know that you have to really want to do it. Yeah. No, remember, uh, no. don't fuck with Connor Jones. You know, <laughs> don't you steal his ideas. He's, he's don't even look at his page. <laughs> don't take the same photos. But like, I mean, um, if you want to draw inspiration from anybody, like I find that I've, I've gotten a few messages before that people have messaged me and said like, oh, you motivated me to make a video or, you know, to go out and start shooting more. And I think that's insane. Like with, yeah. with my own work, I, I didn't expect that I could have that effect in a way. But I feel my my whole um, process of like you know looking at other people who are doing it and you know trying to extract some inspiration from that. I, I feel you know it, it's strange when it's the other way around when somebody's taking from your work. Yeah, pretty good feeling. That must feel like super you know inspirational and just kind of gives you a lot of motivation to keep doing what you do. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm sure you That's guys get it as well. Like. With your podcast and you're doing it and um, so regularly i'm pretty we sure people, every day. people yeah every day and twice today twice for the next three days i think Oof. we are busy bees <laughs> we're busy bees exactly like i need to i need to get back on my game of making more videos i have some that i need to edit but you know what do you got coming up Going to give us any hints or? Well, I have the cooking video, and uh, like obviously, there's there's some more vlogs that I would like to try out. Uh, I definitely mm -hmm. want to invest in a drone and make make a small review of that. Uh, oh, probably nice. I can get, yeah, like Galway from an aerial view is just crazy. It looks so good, and there's there's a lot of angles that maybe you may not be able to may not get around Galway or even Ireland in particular. So I'd love to travel around to specific places and, you know, provide some some video that I'd be able to like showcase. Yeah. Someone's mic there, Thomas, I think. Thomas. Is it still going? No, it's done. No, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry go, go, go is a beautiful place. Uh, my girlfriend normally goes down there at least once a year. We're supposed to go down uh, after leaving search, only COVID stuff is like. So, mm. next trip I have is somewhere going to be in Galway. It'd be somewhere in Galway. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a shout and find yeah. out about some good spots. We can go out. We can take some shots. Maybe make some videos. That sounds cool. awesome, man. And I'm going to be in college there. I mean, I'm always down to go out shooting either way. Like some some people message me and like. They say, hey, do you want to go out shooting? Of course, like always. <laughs> I'm always down. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we need to get a bit more experience in that stuff now. I'd love mm. to bring down my camera now, but it's put, put away upstairs. <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have it decked out to the gills, so I do. Can't send you a picture later on, though. Big cage on it. Got the ND filter on. Nice. I felt like a boss when I got the ND filter. I was just like, it's a variable <laughs> one as well, so I just kind of like, now you see me, twist, now you don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he showed it to us as well. He was just like, look at this, look at this. It's so impressive. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, That's definitely yeah. one thing with gear. Um, it can be kind of expensive as well. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking to get into photography, just know that you're going to have to make 
good investment in it. Like if you want to take it seriously, of course, you know, in the beginning, definitely don't spend a ridiculous amount of money on a camera just to just because you think you're going to get better photos. That's definitely not the case. I mean, I still use my Canon 750D for my shoots if I'm doing something for Instagram or whatever. And, you know, you, you still can get really good photos with a lower end camera. It's, it's more so on yeah. how you approach the situation and your understanding and how you work around that. I love seeing like professional photographers and professional filmmakers try to do something with like a budget of under 100. And you see, if they get like these tiny little cameras and yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. all these weird contraptions to try to get stable. So it's really cool. Oh yeah, Potato Jet did a video on that. He was really good. Yeah, yeah, he, I've seen yeah. that as well. The sunglasses as the, as the filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Canon. Uh, it was the point and shoot, wasn't it? It was like, a, yeah, it was a point and shoot. And then he had to get like the the flower pot and you put bricks in it. Yeah, That's so cool. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to be imaginative. Like, uh, I think uh, a lot of the more expensive equipment, it's uh, I suppose it's easier to use. You don't necessarily have to be super imaginative to get yeah. the exact stuff that you want. Realistically, you want to be able to make mistakes and not suffer because you did. Yeah, exactly. Who has a boat outside their house right now? <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> what is it? Um, ah, it's just some guy with a gun. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think it's my dad. He's mowing the lawn. Oh, mowing the lawn. <laughs> If it helps, I can go on mute. I don't do much talking, I just do the typing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Thomas has muted himself. He'll, he'll unmute himself when he wants to say something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what were you saying there a second ago? We were talking about Potato Jet uh, in this video. If you get creative. Yeah. Well, I, I feel that um, when we were talking about the whole mistake, like a lot of people feel that it's wrong to make a mistake. And I, I find so much value in making mistakes. I think it's it's necessary, but also so useful. You, you need to make the mistakes to be able to learn, to get better. And a lot of yeah, people love negativity. Yeah, exactly. But like I we did an entire day shoot and we had to scrap it all. Yeah, well, that's just it. Like, it, it does happen. And I feel that uh, it, it's a bit of a pain, yeah, of course. But at the same time, you know, uh, if you can learn from something, that's that's invaluable. You're never going to make that mistake again once you once you know it. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we can do it again, but better. And uh, yeah, it's it's nicer when people who are professionals like yourself talk about these things because it's not like you went over to like. A pot of coffee for a nice picture. You got a first time. You probably took a couple of pictures and then had to edit as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you never get it first time. Like if you do, please tell me how you do it because uh, I would love to be able to shoot that well. <laughs> <laughs> but there's never there's never a time that you you take one shot and it's boom banger, no problem. Just throw on a preset, put it up on uh, Instagram. Like when I'm when I'm editing photos, I take them individually before I even really consider looking at any of the presets I've made. I feel that if I could bring out the characteristics in the photo uh, to begin with, see where I want to go with it, 
I think that's more valuable for you learning, you know, with the whole situational awareness and the settings and everything that you have, you're going to learn a hell of a lot more making your own presets rather than buying them online or so. If you know what I mean? I don't mean to step on anybody's toes who are selling presets or anything, but I feel like if you, if you can, uh, make your own and you can do, yeah, basically do. (laughs) Yeah. I I like, I like what Thomas is doing there. He's awesome photographers there and it's right beside your head. Oh, okay. I I respect that. I respect that. I'm sure he says something mean for me. Yeah, he said people I hate. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, sounds. Was I gonna say? Uh, when when did you first start seeing that potato? First time I seen him, he was he bought the cheapest Ari camera on the internet. That was the first oh, video yeah. I ever seen from him. I remember that one. Jeez, uh, I've been watching him for a while now. Uh, I can't. I don't think I can remember the first video that I saw by him. It was probably him. It was him in his old apartment. Now, he moved twice since then. He's in his newest place now. There was a house that he had before then. And then when he was originally in his apartment, I think that's when I first saw his videos. That's quite a while back. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a cool guy. He's a beast as well at making videos. Jesus. He, he put in 14 yeah. hours, no problem. And then posted same day. Legend. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like his workflow for making videos can be very can be compared to how Casey Neistat was producing his. Like he worked so much, and but, the amount of information he packs into his videos is crazy. Unlike Casey Neistat, um, he actually works on film sets as well. Like he, I, yeah. There's 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 a difference between like being like a, an independent filmmaker and then actually working on sets as well. He does both. Yeah. But he also talks a lot about the difference between being a filmmaker, which means like you're doing all the stuff, versus like doing a specific role on a film set. Yeah, he's he has experience in all aspects of video. You know, I, I definitely feel that he has a really big spot that he's been able to fill on YouTube. And a lot of filmmakers, definitely. when they want to get into it, like he he does so much work, he produces so much, and it's good. Well, it's not just good, it's great. The amount of info you can learn from him is... Have you? ...to anybody, I think. Yeah. No, he, he's definitely a brilliant guy. Have you seen the um, the Ari Trinity knockoffs yet? People using their uh, steady cams and their, their gimbal? Are you... Is that the... Um... Oh, yeah, you get the steady cam, you put it in. Who did? I, I remember a video specifically on that, where they attached their, uh, their DJI, um, their, their gimbal onto the steady cam and then just start like jousting around the place. Yeah. It was basically as effective as DI Trinity. But yeah. it was like $100 compared to 50000 Yeah, yeah. So pretty handy piece of equipment. Oh, for sure. Like I have the the um, I have the DJI Ronin SC, and if I could get a Steadicam, like no problem. They just like run around the place. <laughs> Jeez, it'd be great. The smoothest, most buttery footage you'd ever see. Oh yeah. B-roll would be so easy to make. 
Yeah. Have you you've done videos on B-roll before, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I did one a while back. Um, I've, it's a super important part. Yeah, it's pretty integral if it helps move the story along. Sometimes I've I have seen it before where you know it may not be necessary. Yeah. Um, but like I feel B-roll is such a big part of video these days. Well, it always has been really. It's setting yeah. the scene, helping the story along, and all that. I I definitely need to get better at it myself. <laughs> no, you're really good. I've seen some years. It's very impressive. Uh, you, you, you built there with the top dogs. <laughs> no, you uh, didn't. Um, that's one thing I love about your videos. Like, the, the quality is so insanely good. One thing that breaks my heart is, like, you're not getting the views you deserve. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to do it for the views. I, I, the whole attention thing for me is like, if I get them, I get them. If I don't, I don't. Like, it, it's not gonna demotivate me to make more videos. You know, you, I feel you're doing this to teach people, but like, if people don't see it, they're not getting taught. So, yeah, no, that that is definitely something that you know I would love for more people to see it. But I feel if not, if a lot of people aren't seeing my videos, you know, it from from the perspective of me making them. Mm -hmm it's not going to stop me from making them. You know, I, I feel that eventually it may start picking up and I would love it to, but I make the videos because I want to make them rather than trying to get big on YouTube or, you know, for this whole clout thing. No, I respect that completely. Um, yeah, that's where the whole passion uh, that I was talking about earlier comes from. You, you really want to do it. Like, I don't get paid to make videos. I, I don't get sponsorships or anything, but... We don't either. <laughs> well, there you go. So for you guys, you're you're doing it because you're passionate about it and you love doing it, and it shows in all your videos. Yeah, it's just kind of a thing of we want to talk to different people who have different perspectives, so we're not stuck in like a bubble. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, it also helps with confidence. Like if you can just message someone and then talk to them for an hour or something, you yeah. know, and hear their story and so on just great for your confidence like we talk to people that we've seen in movies and thought like geez these lads are like top dogs and then yeah. just they're so funny to tell normal stories exactly like a lot of people i i feel um kind of forget that people who are on the big screen are also people themselves you know they, they yeah. have these candid moments and like these they do make them whole mistakes you know they have these crazy stories from their childhood or whatever but yeah. they're having that humanity in them as well and being being able to show that to people, I think is a huge thing as well. Like Charles Baker from Breaking Bad plays mm. Skinny Pete. He was on with us and he was talking about living with uh what was it, lads? Living with a uh, low self confidence. And yeah. like to to an extreme. Like when he was a kid he's told he'd be nothing. Like people close to him and uh you know, it still affects him today. When he talked about that, like, I thought it was it was amazing because so many people could listen to that and relate to it. Yeah. And it was just, you wouldn't think of it like someone who's been in big movies. You wouldn't, you think they'd have everything handed to them. It'd be so perfect. But mm -hmm. it's not. It's not that way for most people, really. Yeah, like if if you even take the relationship between. Let's say The Rock and Kevin Hart. You know they're so huge. Now. 
but they're they're so humble as well. Like the whole coming up part of it, like coming from a small what one bedroom, two bedroom apartment or so on the rock side, uh, growing up was not easy for him. And like he, it's so great to see that he kept that humble part of him and knowing where he came from. Mm. And um you know that that's how people can relate a lot to him and that's why i feel it's also contributed to his successes not only is he is he an amazing actor you know businessman all these things but um he's also human in a way you know yeah. he, he, you feel he could understand a lot of the struggles that you may be going through yourself yeah no, I, I think he wrote a book called like was it was it called seven dollars because like that's how we started off he just had seven dollars in his wallet yeah, check, check that for me there. Do you mean the life lesson, reading the rocks, the rocks? Maybe maybe if I actually look up like Dwayne, the rock Johnson. I'm actually I'm just after reading here. Do you know Vince McMahon's NX uh is it the XFL? Is his like American Football League? The Rock's just after buying that for like fifteen oh, million. Damn. For fifteen million. And you'd say he had started off on seven dollars, Jesus man. That's yeah. I mean, just think about that for a second. That that's that's fucking mad. <laughs> well, it might not be a book, so but uh, he definitely talks about that story. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What a guy to rock. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you got any like celebrities or whatever that kind of motivate you to do better? Um. I feel I like to, let me see, how would I put it? I, I suppose it's more of an eclectic mix of inspiration from different sources. I, I see somebody who is who has struggled in the past and how overcame that. You know, Casey Neistat was a huge uh, part of the whole. Got his girlfriend uh, pregnant at 16, living yeah. in a trailer park, minding yeah. a kid. I got, that's amazing. I, and how, how he is now, like. Exactly. Like, the amount that he has been able to accomplish, uh, given the circumstances he had, like, it, that, that just motivates me personally as well, because I, I, I'm lucky I have the apartment, I have my camera, you know, I have so much more, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a position where I can have these things, or there's so many people that, that don't as well, you know? Yeah. So, like, taking it back to Casey when he had so little and he was literally living off uh, food stamps and all that, you know, I'm in a better position now than what he was probably at my own age. So I feel mm -hmm. that that motivates me more because he's been able to accomplish, he's been able to get out of that tricky situation and make incredible work Whereas I'm sitting here right now and I want to also improve. I need to get better. I want to go out. I want to do it. I want to achieve so much as well. Yeah. So, you know, looking back on him, being able to achieve that also motivates me to do more. Yeah, it's impressive stuff. Um, all right, guys, this is amazing, but we actually have to finish up. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so we talked about a variety of stuff and it's been amazing so far. Um, are the lads still muted? Uh, yeah, sorry about that now. I, I, had, a, I had a delivery. So. Oh, all right. Yeah, you were saying yeah. I was going to arrive. Mm, yeah. But guys, it, it's, it's been a pleasure. 
And thank you so yeah. much for getting on today. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks so much for having so, me on, guys. If people want to follow you and they want to check you out after this, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Connor Jones TV, and also on YouTube for Connor Jones TV. And you will not be disappointed. I'm going to yeah, be keeping an eye on it. I'm looking forward to seeing more. So please putting up more work. Keep up the good work, man. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. You've especially got our support. The, especially videos where like <laughs> you explain what, what's going on, or like tutorial videos. I love them. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Sorry, could you say that again? I got a message and it kind of cut out there for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I said I love when you do tutorial videos or you're explaining how you did something in in your videos. Oh yeah, I I appreciate that. I'd love to make more of those as well. Um, Trying to just, I need to put more time into organizing the videos and then uh, actually creating them. But I definitely look forward to putting out more of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. So, uh, yeah, take it handy. Thanks, everyone, for watching. So much for having me on. Uh, Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. And take it handy. Take it handy, guys.